and bring praise unto him this day. So this morning, we just want to welcome you. Another week has passed. Thank God that we're healthy, that we're wealthy, that we are of sound mind. We just want to welcome those who are far away. Remember that you're never alone. God will never leave or forsake you. So this morning, we just want to come into your presence, Lord, and we just want to give you thanks. We just want to quiet our hearts before you, Lord, and thank you that you are here this morning, that you're always with us, that you never leave or forsake us, that you, Holy Spirit, came to seek and to save the lost. Father God, we pray, almighty God, that your, your love, Lord God, would be shed abroad in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for all your goodness, for your mercy towards us. And we humble ourselves before you. We quiet our hearts before you. And we recognize, Lord God, that, Father, we have done things that we have sinned against you in thoughts, in words, in deeds. So we bow down. And we come and we say, Lord, have your own way in our hearts. Forgive us where we have sinned against you. Forgive us where we have caused hurt to others. Forgive us where we have sinned unknowingly. This morning, Lord, we want to ask you, Father God, for your mercy. Lord, for your mercy, forgive us. And Lord, we want to thank you for another week. We want to thank you for your faithfulness. We want to thank you for your goodness towards us. We want to thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. Faithful beyond what we, are, we can imagine or think. For your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Your ways are higher than our ways. And we come to you this morning with hearts of thanksgiving, honoring you, God, who is wonderful, who is faithful, who is true, who is blessed. Lord, you are awesome. You are great. Most high God, the great I am. We look to you, Lord, this morning, and we say, you are awesome, God. You are great, Father. Abba, Father, help us to praise you the way you want us to praise you. Give us hearts that are turned towards you completely. Give us hearts that are changed. Give us, give, give us hearts that are transformed towards you, Lord. Lord, that we may fulfill the first commandment of loving you with all our hearts, our mind, our body, our soul, our spirit, Father God. Cause us, Lord, to love you with everything in our being. Lord, you have given us so much. You gave us your only son, Lord. And, and most of the times we can just think of what is happening to us and what is happening in our city, in our homes, in our lives. And we're not recognizing how awesome you are, how beautiful you are. Lord, we quiet our hearts this morning and give you praise. We focus on the most high God. The God who is able to do exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine. But Lord, if you don't do anything else, you gave your son to reconcile us with you. 
and that is everything. You have given us everything already, and we are grateful. We are grateful that we are alive today, that we are of sound mind, that we have circumstances and situations that could have drove us mad, could have drove us into despair, but because we have hope in you, because we trust you, we know, Lord God, that you are able to do more than we can ask or imagine, Lord, because we put your trust in you. There is no bill, there's no credit card, there's no situation, there's no disease, Lord God, that you cannot cure. There is nothing, Lord God, that you are not able to move. You are the God of the impossible. And on that basis, Lord, we lie before you, bear, recognizing that you, oh God, are worthy of everything we have to give. Everything in our being. Lord, we have made you small in our eyes. We have made our problems so big, so wide. But you're a big God. You are an awesome God. Lord, you existed before creation of time. Lord, you saw everything long before we saw it. And so, Father God, with grateful hearts, we come into this sanctuary to give you praise this morning. To give you praise, to honor you. Lord, we set the atmosphere in this place and we choose, Father God, let your warring angels be across this room even now that as we praise, Lord God, our praise will be lifted up unto you and it will be a sweet-smelling sacrifice unto you, Lord. This day, this day, Lord God, we are in the house of the Lord to give you praise, to honor you, Lord, with all that we have in Jesus' name. So, Lord, this morning, as we come, we come to you with our hearts turned completely towards you. We focus on you, Lord. We bless your name. We bless your name for your loving kindness. We bless your name for your peace. We bless your name for your generosity towards us. We bless you, Lord. Only you alone, O oh God, are worthy to give praise. Only you alone, O oh Lord, are worthy to be honored. <clears throat> Only you, O oh Lord, are worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord. So this morning we want to read a word from Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 16, and it's verse 23 unto 31. <clears throat> it says, Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. 
his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and is greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods, for all gods of the people are idols. But the Lord has made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give to the Lord, O families of peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. O oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. The, the world is also firmly established. In it shall not be moved. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. And let them say among nations, the Lord reigns. Let them say among nations, the Lord reigns. Here endeth the reading of the word. Let us worship the Lord this morning. We wait for you. We wait for you. We wait for you. To walk in the room. 
Tasted and seen of the sweetest. Of 
So this morning, as we are aware of the goodness of God, that his presence is, is always with us, as we are aware of his peace that surpasseth all understanding, let us go forth and just worship him in spirit and in truth. We are aware that you are with us, Lord, and we give you thanks this morning. We give you thanks for your loving kindness, for all that you have done for us. That our eyes will be focused on your goodness, on your grace towards us. That we will remember the goodness of God, the awesomeness of God, and the peace of God. This week, in Jesus' name, amen. Let us get ready to give um, our tithes and offering. Um, it's just a reminder in Malachi 3, it says that we're to bring our tithes and our offering unto the Lord, into the storehouse. So let us quiet our hearts and it is a form of worship. It's not just giving, but it is also a form of worship unto the Lord. So. Let us continue to worship the Lord in giving our tithes and our offering. It's the only place in the Bible that the Lord has said unto us, test me. Test me. Imagine the Most High God telling us to test him. So let us now give, and it will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For those who are online and you are being blessed by the service every week. Our PayPal account is New Life, New, I'm sorry, New Horizon Min at gmail.com. And if you wish to call in for prior, our number is 469-333-0397. So let us begin to give. Bye. 
So, Lord, we lift this offering unto you, Father God. Indeed, Lord God, we are honoring you with our monies, with the first fruits of our increase, Lord. And we pray, Almighty God, that this offering will be blessed for your glory. Lord, it will be for the furtherance of your kingdom, Lord, that you, Father God, will, you are faithful, Lord. So whatever you have promised in the word, that you will rebuke the, the conquer worm, the palmer worm, and every worm that exists that would cho choose to try and steal our monies. Father God, that you will rebuke them all. You said, test you. And so, Lord, as we give unto you, we're testing you. And we're grateful for what you have done for us, Lord. So the small amount that we're giving back is just to honor you, Lord. Just to honor who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thanks be to God. Uh, let us pray. Father, we thank you again for another day, for another time that we get to worship, that we get to fellowship one another. Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, we thank you again for the opportunity to come to you in this format. Lord, we pray that you will bless our efforts as we are doing this unto you. Lord, we welcome your spirit in our midst. And Lord, we ask that as you come, as you're here, that Lord, you will speak to each one of us. That Lord, you will speak to our hearts. You speak to our minds. And Lord, you speak to our intent. Because all our intention, Lord, is to worship you. Lord, you are a spirit. And you say, they that worship you must worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, thank you that your word is true. So as we open your word, we pray that your spirit will illuminate that word in our heart. Even though it might be a word that we have written, we have heard, we have written about, we have talked about, we have prayed about. Lord, let it be a fresh revelation of your, of your presence. A fresh insight, a new idea, a new attitude towards you. Because, Lord, we are growing to be just like you. That is our measured mark, not for anybody, any other minister, any other ministry just to be like you. Lord, you said that if we worship you in spirit and truth, you will draw all men unto you. And that is our marketing campaign, that we worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, you will do the rest. 
So Lord, we thank you again as we get into the word, as we continue our worship service. We pray that it will always be a blessing unto us. And for those who get the opportunity to listen and join in. So Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us at New Life Horizon. We are so grateful for those who are able to join us online and for those who will be able to get the, the broadcast, we are so thankful. So um, the talk for today is about prayer and um, about understanding his will. Um, there is a story that somebody told me um, that really blessed me, and it was similar to a story that I had. Um, there was a conference, and there was this renowned speaker that came to the conference. And at, at the end of the conference, he's the, he's the one that um, they always ask to pray. Because they say that whenever he prays, it feels like God just shows up and God is there and the place feels so blessed at the end of the conference. Um, there was this eager young man that saw him and said, wow, I want to be like that guy. That guy so impressed me with his prayer life. So, you know, through all the crowd, he was able to reach out to the, the older guy, being seasoned, older guy, you know, older in age and very seasoned and everything. And um, he said to the older, the older guy, um, would it be possible for me to join you in your time of prayer? And he said, sure, but just to let you know, I start out very early and I'm always on time. And he said, what time is that? Um, it's 5 a.m. in the morning. And the young man so eager said, yes, sir, I'll be there. Said, Give me your address and I'll be there. So the next day, he woke up early, very eager to be with the guy to pray. He went over to his house and saw that the house was still in darkness. So he said, this must be the wrong address because there is no light in the house. I, I guess I must have made a mistake. But let me go ahead and knock the door just to make sure since I'm here already. So he knocked the door and then the older gentleman answered and, and invited him in. There was a, the room was empty. There was a lamp to one side and a Bible. And when he noticed the floor, there were two grooves in the floor. And he, he kind of gulped and said, why is the floor like that? And the older gentleman noticed that he was looking on the floor and said, Hell, oh, that's where I always pray. That's the spot I always pray, um, pray in. And the guy was in his mind, oh my God, I, I can't pray like that. That must be years of prayer. So the older gentleman said, okay, let us begin. And he went and knelt beside him on, on the floor. But to the younger guy's surprise, the older gentleman did not make a sound. He was kind of confused because he said, we are here to pray. Why is the guy not making any sound? That's, that was kind of weird. 
So, 20 minutes pass by. 30 minutes. I, I think it went on till 45 minutes as the story goes. But the young man could not contain himself anymore. Started to pray. And he prayed the best prayer that he could pray. He prayed all the words that he knew. He prayed about every family member. He prayed about the dog, the cat. Everything that he, his eyes could see. Anything that he could remember. But when he looked up, it was only 10 minutes that went by. He was like, oh my God, um, I prayed the best thing in only 10 minutes. So he then began, um, was silent. But now two hours passed. And um, the, the older gentleman did not say a word. And he was still kind of confused, but he said, all right. So then he, the younger guy, remembered some more things to pray about. And he started to pray and pray and pray and pray. And he did a little better this time. This time, it was only 15 minutes that passed by. And then he looked at the clock, and it was like almost nearing to noon. And still, the... The older gentleman did not say a word. And he was like, my God, this can't be right. We, we come to pray and we're not, he's not engaging with me. I, I feel like I'm all alone. Um, but anyway, he decided, okay, I'm here to learn. So let me submit to what the older gentleman is doing. And then he closed his eyes. And then the older gentleman started to pray. And when he started to pray, the younger guy felt like he was not where he was, almost as if he was taken away with the prior in the midst. And then he heard a knock on the door. He said, who's that disturbing us with our prayer time? And he heard a knock, he heard a knock. And then it was, he got up, answered the door, and it was the people from the conference. And I said, sir, we are ready to take you to the, the next conference that, that is going to be held somewhere else. And then the younger guy said, uh, by chance, um, what is the time? He said, oh, it is 5 o'clock in the p.m. And he was like, what? That can't be right. We were only praying for like two minutes. Then, then the guy said, yes, that's the time. And then the older gentleman got up and said, Son, what we must understand in prayer is that we are supposed to do more listening than talking. And if the church can understand that, we'll be more effective in our prayers. Because not only will we be wasting time praying things that we're not supposed to pray about, but we understand what the Lord will is in this time of prayer. And then the young man left feeling so encouraged, and then he was able to share that experience with others. Okay. Um, the scripture that I'll be sharing from is 
Psalm 23. And this is from the NRV. And could we stand in reading the, the Lord's word? And this is from the NIV version. It goes, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You may be seated. So, in that psalm, that was the psalm of David. And um, we are going to go back to basics. We are not going to assume that everybody knows how to pray. Um, everybody knows the different type of prayers. We're not going to assume that. We're going to go from basic and build, and build up. So we understand that prayer is a love relationship. As we can remember when Adam was, was walking and um, it says that the Lord came to him in the cool of the day. And because that relationship was broken, Jesus came and he renewed that relationship to a better deal. So even though we are not seeing the Lord physically, just as, just as Adam did, um, he has left us his Holy Spirit. That precious Holy Spirit that is with us at all times. So then we said, what is prayer? And um, this pastor shared and said, prayer is a time set to commune with God and God with man. And it's always a two-way conversation. So sometimes when people say they're going to pray, it's usually they, they are saying something and they probably don't wait for the Lord to say something back. Because as we could understand, even with the prophets, and even with David, it was a constant um, communication. The, pr the, the, the prayer life with those guys were, were not one time. As the scripture says, we pray all different kind of prayers. So they were always in con constant communication with God. And then we said, why should we pray? Because sometimes we say that the Lord is going to do what he's, supposed, he's going to do anyway. So why 
if I pray, why would that change anything? And the answer is, we pray to understand God's will. So it is that if we pray for somebody and that person, say that person is sick and we pray for that person and for some reason that person isn't restored immediately but then somebody else come and ask for prayer, we pray for them and they get healed immediately. The idea is that we never know what will happen but it's something that we are commanded to do because the Lord said when we pray and then we, uh, we understand this is probably for our next, next talk we understand it's the same thing that he said with fasting when we fast so we, see, we always see the two work together prayer and fasting but since we are just focusing on prayer right now um, we're going to understand what this thing is and why is it this is the most powerful thing for the believer. But for some reason, the church isn't known for prayer. Um, if we think about the other religions and we think about their relationship, we can even think about a Muslim person. Their, their, relation, their religion, because we have to case in point, their religion isn't a relationship. Our life as a believer is a relationship. But they are doing the things that we are supposed to be doing. So you notice they have their time of prayer. And it's probably three, four times a day. And they will stop what they are doing. They will even stop their cars. And they will spread out their mat. And they will turn to the east and they will pray. But you see, they are doing it out of a ritualistic thing. And yet still, they are known for prayer. When you think about a Muslim person, the next thing you can think about is them praying. But um, our prayer is our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There is, isn't. There is something that they do because they have to do it. I remember um, at the workplace when I was working at this job, and it was a time of Ramadan where they, they have to pray for the, the 40 days and they don't eat and all of that and I, um, I had a relationship with a guy and I said hey um, I saw him looking weak and <laughs> looking kind of frail uh, and he always make it be known that this is the time that they are doing their fasting and praying and they can't eat and all of that so I said to him suppose you don't engage in that activity what will happen to you he said to me, no, 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 I, I have to pray, I have to pray. But I said, suppose one day you're not feeling well and you say, no, you can't, you have, you have to eat. He said, no, 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 I have to abide by the rules. So, so that's when a revelation came to me that he's doing it not from an idea of love, but from an idea of, of being punished if he doesn't do it. So I said, oh, so that kind of gave me an, another insight on, on that life, you know, on, on the life that they have. So, because, you know, sometimes we think about um, praying and, you know, and it's not a joy. 
as I can even share my experience with um, a brother that um, asked me to, to follow him to, to a function. So in my questioning the brother, I said, hey, um, is it going to be a lot of people, you know? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be? He said, no, 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 don't worry about it. It's going to be a wonderful time. <laughs> so I said, all right. So when, when I went to the, when I went and I found out that we're, we're going to church, <laughs> I said, all right, no problem. So when I opened the door, um, I realized that there was nobody there. So I said, um, I said, brother, um, where's the rest of, Where's everybody else? Um, will they be joining us later? Um, he said, well, if they're not here now, <laughs> they won't come again. <laughs> so I said, what? So um, he said, yeah, um, I'm usually the one that comes to the all-night prayer meeting. I said, what? We're going to pray all night? <laughs> he said, yeah. So I said, wow. Um, man, I, I didn't prepare myself. <laughs> He said, no man, no preparation necessary. <laughs> so I said, then why, why you have me with you? He said, because I needed somebody to come and agree with me. So it is that we understand in prayer that sometimes we need the prayer of agreement. We need somebody to come alongside. You know, because we say where two or three are gathered, the Lord is in our midst. So then... I am there now, and um, you know, all night. So I said, "All right." Counting the time, looking at the clock. That experience was so. That's why, even to this day, I cannot forget it. That experience, just like the young man, was so um, so profound. That I prayed as best I could, as best I can. Or, or, or as I should, or, you know, I pray about everything I knew. I pray about every family member, and, you know, and uh, there was a clock upon the wall, and I look on the clock, and it was only five minutes. And then it was the brother's turn to pray, and he prayed. And the prayer was so eloquent. You can, f you actually felt the atmosphere changing around us. You felt that there was somebody else with us in our midst. And then I realized, wow, this guy has a, a very awesome prayer thing going on, you know. And it actually made me feel, felt at the time like, like less of a believer. So that is one of the myths and the lies in the church. That people believe that others are supposed to pray while others stay on the standby. Why, why they, they are super Christians and regular Christians. And that is not so. That's the lie from the Peter Hill. Everybody can pray. Everybody have access to the Holy of Holies. Then... I said to the brother, I said, brother, um, tell me how, how you did this thing. He said, no, just like everything, it's a step. It's a progression. He, he said he, he, he struggled like that the same, the same way. He didn't understand what he was saying. 
He felt like his words hit the roof and come back down. He felt like it didn't access anywhere. He, he left feeling discouraged. So, so, so with the church, um, there, there was another event. There was, this is another um, scenario. There was, there was another event. We had like on a Friday night, we had like a praise and worship um, thing where everybody came out. It was one of the most attended function that the church put together outside a Sunday morning. Well attended. Everybody couldn't wait for, for the praise and worship thing, you know. And the bands came and all the, the worship leaders came and the, the, the worship was high. And the brother came to me and said, and said, I'm said Brother Kirk, look at this. I am going to make the church room empty in two minutes. I said, that's impossible. You can't do that. He said, watch me. He went up to the mic and said, um, good night, everybody. Just wanted to let you know we have all night prayer meeting and it's, it's starting in 10 minutes. And <laughs> as soon as he said it, everybody emptied the church. And I'm like, what? How it is that we can come and attend a worship session feeling the joy because the idea is that the presence of the Lord is there. But when we think about prayer, we say, oh no, um, that's too dreary, that's too long, that's too, you know. And, um, and I think somehow in the church kingdom and the church running those things, there is a demarcation, there is um, a borderline that, hey, this person pray, this person don't pray, this person pray, this person, you know. Like there is, a, there is almost like a division. And that is not so. Everybody, we all have access, access to pray and, and be in God's presence. So then we, we look at the next point. When do we pray? And prayer is something that we have to do. Um, the time can be set by you. It can be in the morning. It can be in the evening. It can be in the night. It can be any time. You can be in the grocery store. You can be walking down the aisle. You can be walking um, to your job. You can be driving to your job. The time is always there. There's always access. And, and note, if you're, if you're praying while driving, um, just, just to note that to keep your eyes open. Um, because, you know, unless you want to, you want to be, be with the Lord that day, you can cause accident. Just a note. Yes, I, I don't want to take it for granted, but if you're praying. All right, so we think about the posture of prayer. Does prayer have a posture? Does prayer have um, a position? Does prayer have a way that God will hear us? Um, this guy was, um, was praying with his family, and he said, okay, um, come, let us kneel around the bed. You know, so they knelt around the bed. And, you know, the, the brave young guy, the youngest one in the family, said, um, Daddy, um, I have a question. <laughs> and he said, Okay, go ahead, son. If we don't kneel, does it mean that the Lord don't hear us? And he said, wow. Um, I never thought about that, you know, son. So he said, why do we kneel? And the father waited. And 
you know, he got a look of revelation. He kind of smiled. And he said, the reason why we kneel is to humble ourselves and bow down before the king of kings. And the son said, oh, that makes sense. And so it is because, you see, sometimes in church, we have different functions, different activities, and we are not bold enough to question it because we don't want to pretend like we don't know. So if we come and we see everybody kneeling, we're going to kneel because we don't want to be left out. But the, 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 the brave young guy was able to, to ask a question of his dad and he, he got the answer and he felt fully assured. So it is that when we come to God, we come to him to a place to, to get wisdom, to get revelation, to get information that we don't know, we don't know about. We come to God to pray, to get access to his will, to understand what is going on. Because guess what? In our own mind and thought, we can, we can make mistakes. So it is that with my favorite, with, with my favorite um, prophet, Samuel. Samuel was told to go to the house of Jesse. And he went over there and he, his job was to select a king, somebody who's going to take over from Saul. And remember, Samuel is a man of God. A man that they said everything that he said came to pass. So he went over there and went to Jesse's house and, you know, he looked at the sons and he said, yes. Went over to that one and the Lord said, no. Okay, all right, all right. Went over to the next one and the Lord said, no. And I, I could see, I could actually see Samuel talking. I said, Lord, Lord, if you can, if you can, you know. Went over the next one, and the Lord said, no. And so it is, as he's going down the line. <laughs> and the Lord said, no, nothing happened. And so he said to Jesse, um, surely the Lord sent me to this place. And if the Lord sent me to this place, it, this must be the place. So he said to Jesse, Jesse. Come on, man. You have any other, <laughs> any other sons in, the, in this place? And Jesse said, yeah. I have the little one in the back, you know, but, you know, he's not nothing. He said, all right, go for him. He went for him, and here come small, insignificant-looking David coming around, probably is full of zeal. And the Lord said, yes, he is the one. And... At that moment, it said the oil flowed because the Lord said, he is the one I have chosen. So if, if we think about David being chosen by God and, you know, even though um, I'm not the one that is going to be sharing up, um, from, for David, I think it's one of our members here is going to be sharing on David, but David was a man that, that worshipped God and a man that had a, a constant relationship with him. So it was said that when, when David was in the battle, 
he's always communing with God. So he will ask God questions. Um, Lord, should we go up? And the Lord said, yes, surely go up, my son. And then on the next encounter, Lord, should we go up? He said, no, don't go up this time, go around. And he said, yes, Lord. So, so it was, the answers were coming immediately. And David could, could actually write this when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. All right, that, that is, that verse alone is a very hard um, verse to, to understand. And sometimes we, we look at it, we can say the Lord is my shepherd, but the I shall not want is, you know, something that we, we, we're not going to readily agree on just yet. We can say, yes, the Lord is my shepherd, but I do want, I do want. You know, and the Lord knows that we, we, he said there's things that he knows that we need. But the idea, when we focus our eyes on the Lord being our shepherd, the wants kind of fade away. If we are consistent with it, um, we will actually start to want what he wants. We, we, will, we will be in a place of, Lord, anything you want me to do, anything you, anywhere you want me to go. And then when he says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Um, sometimes we... We don't understand when we are in a place where um, to lie down, you know, because you only lie down when you're tired, you know. You only lie down when, um, when you feel weak. But when you feel strong, you say, he makes me to lie down, you know, just, just the idea. I, I can't even think of um, Adam when the Lord put him to sleep to, to create Eve. He wasn't tired at the time, but the Lord, this is the Lord's um, direction. This is his will. This is what he's going to do. And the, the quicker we're, we're able to submit to what God's will is, the easier it, it will be for us to pray, knowing that we should be praying. And if we, we if we're started out the year, we, we probably started out the year looking at um, exercise, looking at diet restrictions, you know, because I, I remember I got the, um, I got this like, insight once about um, starting a prayer school. I said, oh. So I was just writing down the things that I felt the Lord was telling me, and he said, first, exercise. Because it is, this is our temple. If our temple cannot function in full capacity, we, not be, we will not have the, the strength to, to pray and to be up and to go through a full day and still be strong. And then we, we think about diet restrictions. This is not fasting, you know. This is just not consuming certain foods for a particular time. And then we, we found out about the art of listening with that um, older gentleman experience with a young guy. 
and the art, the art of worship, something that we do consistently. Um, giving, um, scripture reading and memorization, Bible studies, that, you know, the art of declaration, um, praying in the spirit, um, a fasted lifestyle, prayer walks, and as last week we talked about um, experiencing supernatural faith, discipline, um, having a teachable spirit, cleanliness in our surroundings, and be, be um, abreast to all the news and understand the times and world events. So those are some of the, 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 the things that the Lord shared with me um, about what, what the, the items that we're supposed to be active in prayer. So we said, what is prayer? We said, why we pray? We, we understand how, how do we pray? And I remember the disciples had the same thing. Um, they went over to the Lord and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And that, that is when the Lord's prayer was introduced um, to, to the disciples. And they, they were at a point of saying, yes, thank you, Lord, for teaching us how to pray. Because they, everything is not like we have a format, but we have like a blueprint. There is something that it's not scripted, but it's an idea. So even as David said, the Lord is my shepherd, he's acknowledging God being everything to him. So, you know, there are times when our soul feels low, when, when our soul feels weak. And, and David said in verse 3, he restores my soul. Um, our soul is something that can be troubled when our spirit is high. And sometimes we, we, we can come off this high mountaintop experience and then for some reason something gets our spirits low, our soul low. And, you know. So the Lord said, he's the one that he will restore my soul. And he says, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So we realize Anything that we do right is not because of us. It's for his name's sake. It's because we are representing him. We are a representation of God in the world. And um, if we have the opportunity to be around non-believers, um, they must see something that is different. So a guy went out with some friends and they were getting ready to share the meal, and the meal came. And the guy bowed his knee, bowed his head, and started to pray. And then, you know, one of his unbelieving friends said, Hey, um, why do you do that? You know, because sometimes when, when somebody asks a question, it's like they really don't know. And sometimes, you know, somebody might tell them to, to this is how we're supposed to bless the meal and thing, but... They don't know, so, so he said to the guy, um, why do you pray? He said, I am 
praying about the meal because I'm thanking God that he has blessed us to be here and he has blessed us and our bodies to consume this food to continue and to be encouraged. And God said, wow, that's, that's nice. I like that. And then he shared with him, so it is that you can pray about other things. And that, that then became an opportunity for him to present Christ to his friends. But he was bold enough to do it openly and not hiding and not, you know. Although there are moments that the Lord said, go in your prayer closet, close the door, and whatever you pray in secret, I will open the reward. And just like we can think about Daniel, when Daniel was praying on the rooftop, um, the door was open and he was praying and not hiding. Even when the, when the king said that anybody worshipping or praying to any other god except him will be punished. Um, so it is that we, we know about the, the idea of um, prayer partners, you know, when, when you come together and pray. So Daniel went to the guys and tell the guys about what is going to happen. The king said all the magicians, all the, the prophets at the time will be murdered if they don't tell him what the dream was or, and, and give him the, the full acknowledgement of the dream. Daniel said to the guys, come, let us, let us seek God on this behalf. And let us see what the Lord will tell us. And so it is that they went and they prayed. And then, not immediately, in some passing of time, the Lord gave Daniel the interpretation. Not only the interpretation, he was able to tell him what the dream was. But... It was, it was weird that Daniel came to the guys and said, let us, let us um, come together and pray about this matter. But then the Lord chose to give Daniel the, the, the revelation of the dream. But it is so profound that probably without the guys, he probably wouldn't get the revelation by himself. So he, he came and he was able to present to, to the king what the dream was and everything was explained so so effortlessly. And we also saw them before when the food was being shared that they decided not to, not to partake of that meal because I said they want to present their bodies um, to God this way, not to engorge in that kind of um, meal and, in, you know, and encounter. So we talk about what is prayer. We talk about why we pray, how do we pray, how often should we pray, where do we pray. So we have to understand um, prayer is the, one of the, the least talked about discipline um, in the Bible. And um, this is something that I think we we as believers have to recapture because 
Every other religion is known for something that they are doing well, but everything works together. Um, so we know that prayer, faith, giving, blessing, worship, everything come together. So the Lord said we have to be doing all of these things as a starting point, as a practice, uh, as something that we have to revisit and um, not shrink back. Because guess what? There are persons that we have to pray to get in the kingdom. Because guess what? If we don't pray, if we don't seek the Lord, we are going to be in a place of wondering, not understanding what his will is. Not understanding that we have the opportunity to, to come to him. And as it says in Hebrews 11:6, 6, 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we, we see there is a benefit for, for praying and seeking God. There is a, a reward. There is an empowerment. And as we can, we can see all of the prophets, all of the men and women of God who prayed, who, who came to a point to, they, there were some that even changed God's heart in a situation. I remember David when um, he had the sick child and he, he prayed unto God, he prayed, he prayed. And the child died and um, everybody was afraid to tell him because I said, wow, if he was praying like that before the child died, hearing the child death is going to is going to somehow um, discourage him or hurt him. But they came and said, um, um, King, sir, um, the child died. And he said that David got up immediately, uh, went, put on his clothes, and he went back into the house of the Lord. <laughs> and I'm saying, oh my God. That is a learning experience right there. That is something that because, you see, if we're, if we're praying about a situation and, and it doesn't change, David somehow did not even hold it against God. He never got angry at God. He never got in God's face and said, God, why, why, why? He just got up, went back into the house of the Lord, and started to worship. He started to worship again. And I said, oh, my God, that is so, so awesome of him. Because he said... In verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, because David understood where his position was, that didn't faze him. The idea of the Lord not changing his stance. Because he told him that the child is going to die. And um, he was saying, perhaps 
some way, some, some way I could probably change the Lord's heart in this. And the Lord said, no. But um, he tried. And he gave it his all. And it was not so. And so it is that he got up. In, it didn't say, and David got up next week and crawled to the house of the Lord. And he, oh Lord. No, he said he got up immediately. Showered Put on fresh clothes, eat some food, put on the music and start worship. And <laughs> I said, wow, that is something so profound that he could switch into that, that, that place. Because I think David remembered when he was a shepherd and how the relationship that he had. Because he said in verse 5, the Lord prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And look, look what's the next, the next statement that he made. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup overflow. So David probably remembered that when Samuel came, he was not even the presence in the presence of his brothers. And he's saying that the Lord chose me out of all his brothers. I mean, everybody know about the firstborn. In any family, the firstborn is the one that will be chosen. And I think David was like 10th or 11th in the line. So no way in, in all possibility for him to be chosen because the first brother had to reign, died. The next brother reigned, died, and so go before he become king. But the Lord said, no. I have found favor with David. So, can we picture David before being king? Can we close our eyes and picture David walking and being a shepherd, doing the, it was one of the lowest job you could do at the time. It would be somebody who, who was like a janitor or something. Um, he is doing it, serving the Lord. And the Lord noticed. The Lord noticed that he was consistent with it. He was consistently seeking God because that is what prayer is. Prayer is seeking God and talking to God at all times. Um, I could assume being a shepherd, um, there's not much to do, you know. And I could assume that the days were very long. Because, you know, as, as the Lord is coming back, you notice the days moving like this. As soon as you wake up, as soon as you lay down, it's like time to get up to go to work. And say, so, oh, with, with all this busyness, that we have now with all the distractions, with, with all the technologies and all of that. Um, how can we pray? How can we, we set time? Because it's not like we're sitting down not doing anything. We're, we have all of these things going back. So we, we understand the idea of solitude. That is another discipline of, of being quiet, of setting aside time to hear not only to speak, but to, to hear what the, what the Lord is saying to us. 
I can, I can tell you there are many answers that will come. And if you can even remember this, that somehow they talk about the shower revelation. Somehow when somebody's bathing or in the shower, that is when they hear, they get a lot of information, a lot of revelation. Um, because it's a place of being silent, a place of being quiet. You know, some person sing in the shower. But for some reason, if you're quiet in the shower, your thoughts be so, become so clear. It's like you, you get this aha moment. You know, I was praying about this thing for so long. And just like that, the revelation came. Can't you guys attest to that? It happened so, so we realize that it is because we are in this place of solitude. Um, I, I remember um, this, this uh, well-known um, teacher. We were at, we at a conference and um, she told us to, she gave us a challenge. She said, um, go to your room, <laughs> listen, and come back and tell me what the Lord says. Can't do that. <laughs> um, she said, "Yes, you know God enough that you're supposed to hear His voice." And I'm like, "Oh my God, that is so, so hard to do." So you know, went to the room, quiet. Um, I don't get nothing. So we, we're sitting in a circle, and she said, "Everybody got their thing." <laughs> And, you know, um, I, don't, I don't know. She's so encouraging that she said, yes, man. Um, I know everybody got the word from the Lord. Everybody got their word. And, you know, <laughs> and I'm there. I had a scratch book at the time. And I was um, jotting down some notes. And, you know, she's going around the room. You know, everybody, <laughs> you know. And she's coming up. And I'm just jotting notes. So I was going around and trying to see what the Lord would say about everybody. And I was jotting the notes. So while jotting notes, this girl came late. So she wasn't on my list because, you know, I, I wanted to, to say, you know, what the Lord would say about everybody. And I said, oh, my God. She came late. Adam, God, you have to help me with this one. So it is, I, I felt like the Lord said something. And, and this was the idea of trusting what you hear. How you're supposed to be able to trust what you hear if you're praying. And um, yeah, you might make a mistake, but the idea was to launch out and, you know, and, and believe that you hear what you hear. So she came in last. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I said, I said to her, I said something to her like the, the point of, um, anywhere you're going, don't, don't leave your kids. Uh, bring them with you or carry them with you or ask the whatever. Just don't leave them behind. Remember, I don't know our situation. I always hear with the kids them, you know, so I just tell her, don't leave the kids. Um, after the, the session, she came to me and said, um, Kirk, how, you, how did you know? I said, huh? She said, how you know? I said, uh, I don't understand. She said, the, the thing that you told me, she said, it was on point. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, um, at the time, she didn't have anybody to watch the kids, and she, uh, she wanted to go to school, and 
she was thinking about dropping out of school and the kids were crying and she want you know she was in two and at the time she was in a relationship that was you know and she said she said Kirk I thank you so much that word you gave me was something that blessed her and, and I heard that she graduated and everything went well and there was an, an next lady there um, I think I said to, to the Lord said um, that you must humble yourself I said okay and then she came back and said Kirk why no way you could have known I said explain she said she's a professor already and she's well studied and well versed and um, she, she probably read every book that was written and yet still, she's coming into an area in ministry that she don't know anything about. But she's coming with all that knowledge, knowing that sometimes some of that is not adaptable in a Christian or church setting. So the idea of humbling yourself now is to come under, to learn from somebody else who has been there, somebody else who have you know, because she's a professor already, and a professor coming back to study is almost like normally you just get a yeah man come in and you just get the thing out. You don't, you don't even spend the time because you are a professor already. And I, I think she were, was a professor in two two year of disciplines, you know. But yet still she's coming into ministry to understand and to learn. And then she said, "The Lord, tell her humble yourself." Um. At the time, I was like, oh God, how can I say this to somebody? This might offend them. This might be something that they don't want to hear right now. But as, as the sister said, Kirk, if you get it, um, ask the Lord to give you grace to impart it. But don't, do not, not tell the person. Because in, in essence, you're blessing the person. And if the person is wise enough, because they say if you if you rebuke rebuke a wise man, he will learn from it and he will be blessed. I said, okay. So, you know, those are the areas where um, prayer was important in hearing from God. Uh, and so it is as I wrap up. Because you know, we, we can talk about this from now till next year. And I, I don't even touch about the Paul and his experience and, and Daniel and all those other guys who had encounter with God and, and Elijah who prayed and fire came from heaven. And it said those were ordinary men just like us. Ordinary men, ordinary women, ordinary people who just love God. So if we go back to what prayer is, prayer is a communication between God and man and it's a love relationship so if you love the Lord you can do this easily but guess what it comes this is where discipline comes in so discipline say that if you go on the treadmill and you walk 30 minutes a day and you're consistent and you 
you cut back on certain calories and you stop eating at a certain time and you guaranteed you guaranteed if you continue not only you'll be stronger and stronger your confidence will build and so, so prayer have this way of building confidence um, what's the name of that young lady again um, was it Esther when she had to go to the king alright in order to go to the king the king actually have to beckon you to come so she going to the king she was at a point to know that she could have lose her life because of the king said no um, you see you cannot walk up to the king like that you cannot come to the king but she had an issue where she needed help and as we think about the, the lady uh, um, me and this brother at work was sharing the story about the, the lady that came to the, the evil king who did, who did not fear God but she had a concern that she need to be dealt with and, 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 and I, said to the, I said to the guy at work, you know, I think that lady probably might be a Jamaican, you know, because uh, a Jamaican old, older lady, she had to get her thing sorted out and she, she got to the king every day. But remember now, this is that evil king that they said didn't fear God and worse, didn't care about man. But this lady went to the king Every day. <laughs> Until the king said, Oh my God, is she again? <sighs> she weird on the king. Alright. Remember now. That's an evil king. Didn't fear God. Didn't, didn't have no concern to do about man. So how it is, should we approach God who is our father? God who is such a good God. God who, he said, he delight in the prosperity of his people. God who feed the multitude. God who touched the lady who touched him with the issue of blood. The same God that we come to, we, we, we know that there, there should be a, a, an exuberance a, a willing heart a heart to understand that hey this is the God that loved me first God loved us first that this is the same God that died on the cross for my sins and for the sins of the world how can I not run to him boldly and um, you know as I remember this experience that I had with my daughter when I, when I went and visited her and um, it's like when we're at the store anything that she picked out I said yeah man we, we purchase it anything she, she picked out some things I considered like you know well she didn't need it but anyway because I love my daughter so much I said yeah man take it but you know what hurt me the most was that when I wanted to sit and talk with her, she was always busy. Or she had something to do. Or I said, Kim, I come, I really come, I don't come about the gifts, you know. 
I just come to spend time with you. And at the time, I don't, you know, she, she didn't understand. She said, well, um, daddy comes, he must get everything he can, you know. But anyway, um, I felt hurt. And I said, I said, Kim, I can't believe it that I just want to spend time with you. So it is that I am a man and God is this loving God that wants to spend time with us. So that is the, 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 the prayer thing that he came. He wanted to spend time with, with man. That even when Adam sinned, he came looking for Adam. Adam, where are you? Adam, where, you know, he's looking for Adam. Because guess what? They, they, it was a time that they meet in the cool of the day. So when, he, when, he, when God come and say, hey, where Adam did? Adam, where are you? Adam in the back hiding. Knowing what he did was wrong. But still, the Lord was coming for him. So it is that, you know, whenever we fall or whenever we fall short, the Lord still is there waiting for us to come. All we have to do is come and confess and get rid of that and then come in again and, and the communion start, you know. And the relationship is, is, is rebuilt and will continue because we are in the world where we have a lot of challenges, you know, we, and we have things that are going to come against us. And this is a muscle in which we have to build corporately and personally. You know, and, and when we think about the, the pleasures of the world, um, it is there. Excuse me. And the Lord wants us to, to experience all of that. But we have to put things in, in, pride, in, in the proper placing, you know. We have to know that um, spending time with God is a privilege in which we have where others don't have it right now. Meeting in this corporate setting, um, other places and countries can't experience that. Um, I heard, if you watch the news, you hear of churches being burnt down and not only burnt down, they are actually killing the Christians wherever they meet. So, you know, they have to be underground meeting at different places. Don't, they, they can't have a church building. They have to go to like a coffee shop and then sit down together. And they can't have a Bible, so, you know, they have to memorize scripture. So, you see, scripture memorization is so, is so unique. Um, we don't have that challenge as such. And, and I can bet you, as you know, as we, we, we remember the talk about faith and the, 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 the stretching of the muscle, I can bet you if any persecution came on us that, that way, we will be stronger for it. If the government decided today, the 13th um, of January, that no church supposed to gather anywhere, anywhere, anytime, no kind of church. I can bet you that we will be stronger for it. So as we wrap up, um, we are so thankful again for this opportunity, Lord, and thank you that you gave us the, your word. Thank you that you cause us to come into a place to agree and to learn from you. And to enter into this love relationship. 
Because, Lord, you first love us. You died for us. You cause us to be faithful towards you. So, Lord, we ask you for your help. We ask you for your Holy Spirit that will come, rest, and abide with us. So, Lord, we ask you that you will, the things that in us that don't bear fruit, as what John 15 says, we ask that you will cut and you will prune it so that we can be fruitful members of the body of Christ. In whatever area you call us to, whatever, if, even if we don't know, we, we ask that you give us an idea how to help, how to assist, how, how to be a better neighbor, a better friend, a better co-worker. But all of that begins with prayer. And prayer comes with the communication and the communion with you, to hearing your voice, understanding your word, and sharing your love. So Lord, we thank you. And as we, we prepare our hearts to get in the time of communion, we ask you, Lord, that your word again will be upon our hearts. So Lord, thank you. So we, we, we pray that you will get your hearts ready. And for those who are listening online, we, we pray that you will also participate with us as we get in the time of communion with you and with God. Thank you, Kirk. Kirk spoke to us this morning about prayer and what prayer is, and he, he made mention that prayer allows us to have access with God. He actually says prayer gives us access to God to pray. And one of the things that he said that I've been thinking about more and more, that prayer is not only about me telling God my problems and telling him about the things that I want to tell him about, but it's about listening, it's about hearing him. Prayer gets, we get an opportunity to know God's will as we pray. So as we pray and he speaks, we understand what he's doing. We get a chance for him to reveal to us the thoughts that he has concerning the things we are praying and even things that we have not even prayed about. We get a chance to be in his presence. Prayer allows us to to come in agreement with others and he mentioned about praying with others and praying for others we, we get an opportunity to pray with our family members we get an opportunity to pray with friends we get an opportunity to pray with our spouses and if you are not praying we're going to encourage you today to start praying we know for the beginning of the year there are many disciplines persons are trying to develop or habits they are trying to create and we are imploring you that prayer is one that you should con consider to start. We start a 40-day prayer challenge tomorrow evening or tomorrow, yes, tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. EST time and 8 p.m. CST time. And we are asking for those who want to join us. Our number is 469-333-30397. 469-333-30397. Call and we'll give you the information of if you're interested in joining us on this 40-day challenge. We want to come and to know God. We want this year to be a year where we're not so concerned about the things around us, but we are more concerned about God, our relationship with God. We do everything all the time according to our, what we want to do for our own benefits. And we're saying to God this time, God, we want to come, we want to spend 40 days at the beginning of the year to know you more. We want to spend 40 days to, to hear your will and to, to be in your presence, to develop that intimacy with you. 
We want to spend the time 40 days this year committing to being with you and developing that intimacy, as Kirk said, it's a love relationship that we have with God in prayer. And so this morning I am mindful that there are some among, amongst us and those who are listening who may not have had that relationship or that intimacy with God. And we're inviting you this morning to come and to know him. We're asking you to come this morning and to, to fellowship with him so that you can pray as David prayed and said, um, the Lord is my shepherd. And as Kurt mentioned that to be shepherd, he was saying that, God, you are my everything. You are the one who leads me, even to the, to the desire that I will no longer desire. Because he says, I will not want. And Kurt mentioned that it is difficult to even to fathom what David could have meant when he said, I would not want. And from his understanding, Kurt mentioned that to, for David to say, I, I shall not want, it meant that everything that God desires for me to have, I will have. And because his desires and his wants will become what God desires for him to have. And so this morning, I, I, I implore you, as I say before, that if you don't know God, that this morning is an opportunity that you're given to come to fellowship with him. It's an opportunity to come again and to know him. It's an opportunity that if you have not taken before, that you're given an opportunity again. As he mentioned, there are some this morning, we are mindful, that does not have the freedom that you and I have to worship. There are some this morning are in basements hiding, memorizing scriptures and repeating them only from memory because they do not have the legacy or the luxury of walking with a Bible as we, we do. And there are some this morning who have not yet surrendered and, and do not understand what it means to be the Lord, for the Lord to be their shepherd. And some have walked away because of disappointment. But this morning we're giving an opportunity because we're going to want, we're, we're going to be sharing the communion, the Lord's Supper together this morning. And, we're, and, and we would love for you to partake with us. And so Father, I pray for those this morning who don't know you, who have never made that step of accepting you as Lord. I pray, Father God, that for them, some, Lord, they grew up in situations or in families or in cultures that you were not regarded. You, There was no understanding of what God is. There are some who grew up, Father God, not even understanding the concept of God or the importance of God because they did things their way. And they felt, Father God, it is about their strength and about what they could do. But this morning, God, we pray for your people. We pray for those around the world, those who are listening this morning to, as, we, as we speak at New Life Horizon. And we pray, Father God, that it is you, Holy Spirit, who draw men unto you. So as we pray, we thank you that you are drawing men and women and boys and girls unto you, that you are revealing yourself to them and that they will recognize that you are God and they are is in fact a God who is holy and righteous. The God who loves us unconditionally. A God who every single day of our lives is continuing to guide us and want to guide us and to be our leader. And so Father, I pray that for those who have not accepted you, that today is the day that they will turn to you and ask you to forgive them of their sins. That today will be a day that they will invite you to come and to live in their hearts and to be their Lord and Savior. And that as they pray, God, that you will hear and you will answer. 
And for those who have walked away, I pray, Father God, that today will be a day that you will nudge. You will tap them on their shoulders. You will tap them. You will reveal yourself to them again and call them back to that place of surrender. Lord, I thank you for those who continue to walk. That today they will be strengthened. That today they will have that desire of developing that intimacy with you through prayer. Not only to speak to you, but to hear you speak. And so as we share in communion, I ask for those who are listening and those who are in my midst, that this is the time that you get to speak to the Lord. Ask him to forgive you for where you have sinned. Ask him to come into your life and to be Lord where, he has not, where you have not invited him before. Asking him to come and to be that good shepherd that David spoke about. The good shepherd that lead or leads you through that path of righteousness for his name's sake. It is God's will for you to be holy and righteous as he is holy and righteous. And so as he calls us this morning, we come. As he bids us to come, as, he, as Kurt mentioned about the King Exorcist bidding Esther to come, come. He said, come as you are. Come broken. Come with your doubts and your, and your unbelief. Come. He's able to work things out. He's able to give you answers. As Kirk said, you pray and you pray and you pray and all of a sudden one day out of nowhere and an answer comes to your mind and you know it is God who just spoke or just spoke. So I ask you this morning that you just prepare your heart before the Lord. Quiet your hearts and speak to him. Tell him where you are and where, you, you, where you're hearing him calling you. And that you're in need of his strength to run this race. You're in this need of his strength to help you to pray and to be faithful in praying. This is also part of the race that we run. We run it praying. We run it understanding. We run it knowing that we serve the all-sufficient one. And so let us begin to pray this morning. Lord, here we are this morning, coming to you, the shepherd, the good shepherd, the shepherd that laid his life down for his sheep, the shepherd that desires for us to walk in intimacy and to live in the presence of the holy God. The shepherd who calls us each day and bid us to come and to enjoy the peace and the joy from fellowshipping with him. The good shepherd that laid down his life for his sheep. And in 1 Corinthians 11 this morning, we are reminded that Jesus on the night 
before he was betrayed, when he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so this morning we are mindful that as we partake of the body of Christ, which is, which is symbolized by the bread we're going to be having this morning, and we're going to partake of his blood, which is also drinking of the wine, a symbol, we recognize that as we do this, we keep remembering what Jesus did. So we remember the past of what he did. We recognize that what he did in the past, how it impacts us now, and it causes us to look forward to his return. So as often as you do this, the scripture says, we do it in remembrance of him. So let us take the bread this morning that represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. And as we do it, we remember that his body was broken so that we can be healed. His blood was shed so that we can have life. As often as you do this, we are remembering what Jesus did. So go ahead and take and eat. And we're going to be drinking of the wine that represents his blood. And as we drink it, we believe by faith that the body, the bread, and the wine is bringing healing in our bodies wherever we need to be healed emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, wherever we are. We're believing that as we partake of the, the bread and the wine, we're believing that God is bringing healing to our bodies. So go ahead and drink in Jesus' name. And as you finish, just pass your cups to the end. Father, we thank you for what you did on the cross, that today we are free. Lord, there's a freedom that comes only from you. And many believe today they are free when they are in bondage. They're in bondage, Father God. Bondage by the earth system, by the world system. In bondage by their own fears. In bondage, Father God, from their own aspirations in bondage father because they don't even know you there are many in bondage today because they do not know you and today is the day 
to surrender your life to the living God. Today is the day to accept Jesus as your Lord. Today is the day to have fellowship with God himself. And so Father, we thank you today that you continue to call us. You continue to woo us. You never forget us. You never gave up on us. But you continue, even when we are or were or had rejected you. You never gave up. And so Father, we thank you this morning that you called us and that you gave us an opportunity to come. Even when we rejected you in the past. And for those who are listening today, we pray that today will be a day that you will say yes to the Father. That today will be a day that you will say yes as you hear him nudge you, as you hear him calling you by name. That today will be a day. Can you hear him calling you by name? And so today, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So that with one heart and one mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So go today, remembering as you pray, that prayer is not only about talking, but it's also listening to God. It's about listening to what God has to say and wants to say to you. So may the fellowship of God, the blessed Holy Spirit, comfort and remain with you for the rest of the week until we meet again in Jesus' name be blessed Nothing else can take